0: welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. Landon is a genuine self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals, whether you live right here in the city or across the country. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's Daily Market Update. Welcome to episode five of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we have Scorpio Tran, a landlord who self-manages uh, from Dallas, Texas, believe it or not. Um, so from Dallas, he manages properties that, are, that he owns in Oklahoma City, um, and he's got some pretty good ideas as far as how to do that um, without it being a headache and without having to pay a property management company. So that interview uh, later on the show today. I am Landon Witt, license number 174290, brokered by Metro First Realty. On the market news this week, we had 164 homes sold. That was up from last week's 157 homes. Average days on market was 34 that's down one day from last week's 35 so we're definitely headed in the right direction i would say man going through homes and walking through with buyers right now and we did an open another open house on sunday i really start to get the feel like the inventory is low uh we've got a lot of buyers looking to buy so um sellers um Sellers are pretty happy right now. If your home's ready to go and you have something that's special about it, that's that's great. Um, It's a good time to be selling in the Oklahoma City market. Okay, so for our listings today, under five hundred K, I have a special that I want to bring in. I've been talking about the plaza south of Sixteenth Street, so. The Plaza District uh, a few years ago, uh, they had a revival of some sort to make that area really something special. A lot of the local businesses and stuff have come to that street on 16th, just east of Pennsylvania, and they've started creating an art space, some bars, lots of restaurants, and it's created this awesome vibe where people can park and kind of walk around or walk from the neighborhood to it, and it really created something special here. Uh, Lots of wall murals and this kind of um, emo you know, crunchy, hippie vibe going on there. That's just really refreshing, especially for myself being from Austin, Texas. It just it's nice to have an organic development of business going on. So the real estate in that area has really reflected positively. I mean, just appreciation rates going up really high. However, south of 16th has been uh, a very um, rugged landscape with the houses being run down and just kind of this nasty place to view well over the last three years that area has slowly investors have come in and bought these rugged homes and and turn them into the jewels that that they wore underneath all this ruggedness so I've been talking about I mean these houses by the way were, we're in like the $30,000 price range and now they're hard to come by because the the tenants aren't or the owners aren't wanting to sell and this kind of thing. Well, anyways, one of them is now on the market, completely finished, and topping $190 a square foot. This address is 1610 North McKinley Avenue. $190 a square foot, listed for $239.9. Okay, beautiful kitchen on the inside. This is a bungalow style home. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, interesting detail about it. But again, what an exciting home! Uh, location. I've been saying this was going to happen. I've been saying to invest south of 16th Street that if you can do a buy and hold, uh, that's your idea to ride this market up. So again, east of Pennsylvania, south of 16th, that's a real uh, transition area for those investors that are willing to kind of wait it out. Uh, That's great. In the under 200K listings, I, for the week, I see 1515 Northwest 28th Street, listed for 155. This is another bungalow that I just love this about Oklahoma City, that you can get these really artistic, uh, fancy uh, kind of I just character about them, you know, character that, that these suburban, you know, neighborhoods don't have. For hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars, um, this is a two-bedroom, one and a half bath. Okay, that has um, the stones in the front or the the pillars in the front with the gable, and then you walk through to the to the front door, um, and this has the original uh, wooden floors and this kind of um, you know rustic feel to it because it's got the, I don't want to say rustic, that's the wrong word there, but the, the trim and everything is just, um, you know, that original four inch wood around the doors that really give it that, that, um, I just not modern feel. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it just uh, this this original um, non cookie cutter feel to the home. So that's available for one fifty five. Um, I also want to bring up something um, on the show today on the news portion uh, that they just announced, are not announced, but they just broke ground on the convention center here. Uh, some buzz going on uh, just yesterday with the party are the the uh the ceremony there so let's listen in on some of the speakers and what they had to say about the convention center coming to oklahoma city
1: there is only one brand new convention center in the united states being built and we're breaking ground on it today
0: the opportunity to redevelop a large area this close to downtown is incredibly rare The new Oklahoma City Convention Center is now going to be part of a network of over 77 convention centers and over 220 facilities worldwide, and being part of that network, we're excited to see it as our signature facility. We are America's 27th largest city, and we always need to act like it. And I think today, we are acting like it. We are building a convention center that is worthy of a top 50 city in the United States. As of today, all the Mapster projects are now under construction. And over the next two years, imagine uh, what it will feel like two years from now when you have this convention center, the park across the street, the streetcar, all open and operating. Construction on the 70 acre Scissor Tail Park is well underway. You can see the lake liner being installed, the boathouse, concession stands, dog park, and cafe are all under construction.
1: 200,000 square feet of exhibit space puts us in a whole new category. We know that we're going to have a lot of opportunities to fill the Omni, to fill other hotels around here. There will be 45,000 square feet of meeting rooms scattered throughout the building that will be very flexible. Operable walls, the latest in technology. The kitchen is going to be about 8,000 square feet and it will be set to prepare meals for Consumption anywhere in this convention center. This has been a project many years in the making, and there have been many wonderful hands uh, to bring us to this faithful day. Two years from now, mark your calendars. We we look forward to seeing you back for the grand opening.
0: You gotta love the politics going on there, and and the beautiful speeches uh, by our by each uh, one of the leaders and the civic halls there and and business owners as they present their view and perception of the oklahoma city market which is just growing um in so many amazing ways um if you're looking at getting into the Oklahoma City market, you need to do it now um, before it gets to a point where it's just like the other big cities. Um, So uh, now's the time. I think we've got about two years left, and I'm going to get into that on on another show, but I think we've got about two years left before the rent versus price, uh, purchase price uh, metrics start to get a little... um, too close uh, so anyway are too far away uh, so I want to go to our guest now um, Scorpio Tran who I've had a relationship with for about two years uh, building his portfolio in Oklahoma City a really down-to-earth guy um, who thinks on his feet um, and he was just a regular Joe blow like all of us um, working a job um, and you know got laid off and it just reminded him that you know if you're not in control of your income and someone else is you can have the rug pulled out from you and he decided that no more he was going to take control of his life so um, Scorpio welcome to the show I'm so glad to have you here Uh, tell us a little bit about your situation and please share those tips and tricks
1: yeah thanks thanks Landon Um, um you know uh I'm very excited that you, uh, an honor that you uh, you invite me to show, and um, you know whatever I can share from my experience, right, uh, that can help one or two listeners, then you know uh, that's great, right? And so a little bit about myself, um, came from a, a very big family, a family of eleven kids, right, and. Uh, my mom and dad, or oh, the whole family, is in Oklahoma City, right? And so, um, after I graduate from Oklahoma University, I went uh, work in Dallas. And so, for the past thirty years, I've been in Dallas, right? But um, but I started my um, real estate business really um, by by accident, really, if you want to think about that way. So. I, I guess about 2006 um, I work in the corporate just like everybody else um, and, and, and I was part of the layoff, right? I was part of the riff, the reduction and, um, and you know, the first two nights um, while I was home, I couldn't sleep, right? And I, I, I don't know if I told you the story, Landon, but I couldn't sleep. I, you know, being, if you ever been in a layoff, it's, it's very humbling and it, and it um, demoralize you. It just suck up all your confidence, right? And so I always thought, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. That's why they have to let me go, right? So for two days, I could not sleep, um, you know. Um, but the reason I'm telling this story is be- because of that event, what lead me to what I am today. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is, um, so after about two months, I finally found a job, right? But that job, when I worked there in that company, I have a different perspective. And what I mean by that is, yes, I have a job. I'm working for someone, but I'm only as good as they need me. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so my perspective is I have to do something to control my own destiny, right? I can't rely on my job and my paycheck, right, to 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 fuel my retirement later on, right? Because, like I say, it happened to me before, and so when companies don't want you, you are just another number to them, right? No matter how hard you work, no matter how much effort you put in, you are just another number, um, and so that, that event kind of fuel me to say what can i do after work after my spare time after from from 5 to 11 pm right what can i do to uh to enhance myself or to put myself in a better situation where i don't have to rely on the company that i work for i don't have to rely on the paycheck from them right and so uh because of that it led me to and and i researched um in Different businesses that that can um, that can uh, help me do this, right? As as a side business, right? To help subsidize the income, um, and um, and it all boils down to a few criteria that you got to have, and that is, what business can I do that I don't have to work seven days a week, right? What business can I do that I still can make money even when I go sleep, right? And what business can I do that will sustain itself, will grow regardless whether the economy collapse or not, right? Uh, or even do better when the economy is it's good. Uh, what business can I have um, a passive income in where every month I'm getting a paycheck, right? And so um, that lead me to one thing, uh, and it doesn't have to be real estate. But I find real estate as one of the vehicle that will allow and meet those criteria that I set for myself, right? Mm -hmm, passive income, sure. Yeah, those passive income. And, you know, um, in real estate, you can get involved in real estate in many ways. You can be a wholesaler. You can be a flipper, right? But I find to be um, a buy and hold uh, seem to be the best scenario for me because, it again, it met all my objective. So if I was a flipper, you know, I'm gonna spend six months uh, repairing that house and then flip it, right? And so let's just say I make $25,000 profit, right? Well, at the end of the day, I'm gonna pay commission fee to the agent, I'm gonna pay closing costs, and even worse, I'm gonna pay tax on it, right? And so that $25,000, and trust me, I, I started that way. I started flipping because I don't have a lot of money like most people too, right? We don't have a lot of cash. So we all we can do is start with 10% down, acquire that rental, fix it up and flip it and make some money, right? But what I find is that $25,000 that I worked so hard for, at the end of the day, after tax, all I got was about $12,000, right? Mm, Half of that, sure, right? Sure, And so so the next phase of my real estate after I have two years of experience in it is that I need to buy and hold, right? And and the numbers works because now when I buy something, fix it up, put a tenant in, every year, you know, I'm making profit wise ten to twelve thousand. So you can see by flipping it, that twelve thousand I earn, if I buy and hold and rent it, I will make that many times over, every single year, right? And on top of that, there's so many benefits of, of buying and holding it, and, uh, which, you know, I, I know it's not the topic today, but, you know, just to brief on it, you know, you get the appreciation. The appreciation is really a bonus. When you buy and hold, you're not looking for uh, or counting on the appreciation. If it happened, that's great. But what you focus on is a passive income every month, like mm-hmm, right? that, that flow, tenant. Sure. Exactly, that tenant will pay that house in fifteen or thirty years, depending on your mortgages, right? And so, um, and so that you know, I I have been doing it since two thousand six, and and I I have properties in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and also in Dallas. And so, the advice I give to people, if they ask me, is that. Uh, how how to get started in this business, right? And I would say, I'm just a typical people, just like everybody else that used to uh, that work in the corporate business, right? And currently, I am working in a uh, corporate, right? But th- that corporate that I'm working, I'm using them as a leverage to borrow loans against because bank will give you a hard time or even will not give you loan if you're self-employed, right? Or because your income is not consistent. And so I'm working because I need that to borrow a loan and also to give myself a good portfolio where a lender would, would feel safe loaning me the money because I have a consistent paycheck.
0: Sure. Yeah. After this all occurred, right? Um, what... What kind of what was the first step in getting that first rental? I mean, how did that, yeah. how did that come about?
1: You know, from my experience and is that getting your first one is for whatever reason is always the toughest one. Right. And I know a lot of it is from experience. You got no experience. Right. So that that makes it hard. But also getting the first one always seemed to be the hardest, right? But from my experience, once you get the first one, the second, the third, the fourth, and fifth is much easier, right? Not only you build the confidence, and not only that, but you convince yourself that it works, right? So getting that first one, uh, I would say to people, you gotta be persistent. You got to believe that it works, and what I mean by that is, when e- so even when I got my fourth one, right, to to buy um, and and rent and rent it out. Well, each month after all the expenses. All I have left is two fifty to three hundred dollar cash, right? And so it's not very um, two hundred fifty dollar every month. It's not very attractive, right? It, um, compared to what I earn at the corporate, right? But so that that can lead people to say, you know, this is not working. All I have is four house. I'm only making nine hundred dollars cash flow a month. That's not enough for me to to retire, right? But from my experience. If they patient up and continue to grow that four fourth house into ten houses, right? Don't be discouraged because things will compound itself, right? Meaning when you get to your tenth house or to your fifteen houses, well now you're making serious money, and and that two fifty cash flow that 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 I I got from this house what two thousand six, well now that cash flow become five hundred dollars a month. Does that make sense? Because my rent go up, right? And the appreciation of the house go up. Therefore, your rent's gonna go up uh, along with that, right? So, so my advice is, be patient. Don't be discouraged, right? Uh, that small cash flow will turn into bigger ca- cash flow over time as you acquire more properties. Well, Not so only... tell.
0: I mean, what 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 is your goal? What does that look like?
1: So, my my goal is um, the next five years. I like to retire, right? From my from my corporate work, right, and and um, not only the cash flow that I'm getting today, my goal is in five years it will reach a point where not only I'm replacing my income, but also I'm sustaining that income uh, for the rest of my life, right? Mm-hmm. How and many then, rentals?
0: How many rentals does that take to do something like that? To...
1: Well, you know, it, it varies by everybody, so. Mm-hmm. So for example, if their goal is to, <clears throat> to make 5,000 cash flow a month that translates to 60,000 a year, if that's what they're comfortable with when they're ready to retire, having 60,000 of that income a year for their own expense, then that's perfect. Somebody might require you80,000 know, a year when they retire. So they need to work <clears throat> excuse me. So they need to work backwards. So if they require $100,000 income a year when they retire, they need need to work backwards. That they need eight thousand dollars cash flow each year mm-hmm. to make that happen, mm-hmm. and see. to get that eight thousand cash flow, you gotta buy X number of houses.
0: Sure, right? sure. So for to get a little bit more specific on the actual process here, so many many investors they contact me and they'll say, you know, hey. I want to purchase this property. Maybe they live in San Francisco or San Diego or Maryland or uh, North Carolina. They see that Oklahoma City has a lot of potential and they say, you know, I want to purchase this property and they always see that I add that 10% property management fee into our budget for that house. Now that's whatever property management they want to pick and anywhere between eight to 12% of the transaction there is going to a property management company. You've developed a way to not Pay that by managing these properties yourself, and that brings in a unique dynamic into that. You're not so much of a passive investor at that point. You're actually pretty active in in these properties. So describe how that works, where you're able to maintain a full-time job and actively manage these properties by yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, and to be honest, my wife is amazed too that I'm able to do this and still hold uh, and. 8 hour job each day right and so it's all come down to you got to arm yourself with knowledge and what i mean by that is you got to read books you got to go seminar you got to learn the business of it right and and what i mean by that is <clears throat> through the years i learned in order to do everything in a large volume right like 10 houses 15 houses you got to have a process right and so you have to solve problem and by solving problem you you have in process so to answer your question um i buy even though i live in dallas i buy houses in oklahoma um and and i I manage remotely but the the buying part is i have you as a local agent in oklahoma that 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 I tell you what type of house I'm looking for, and then you find me the house. Well, once I buy it, the next step for me is to build a relationship or or a list of of uh, contractors, right? That are that you know that can do the work. And this is where it's going to hit and miss, regardless, you know, which area you're going to do it in. It's going to hit and miss, but you gotta be you gotta be persistent, right? Because uh, and and you gotta find the right painter guy. You gotta find a handyman. You gotta find a roofer in that area. You gotta find a plumbing in that area, right? And it's gonna hit and miss, but don't be discouraged because that's gonna happen regardless of where it is
0: you participate in what many investors call the burr method right where they buy they renovate they rent and then they refinance so to those that don't understand this so um scorpio you're buying these properties in need of repair and then repairing them you know you're buying them at a discount and then repairing them and fixing them up and then renting them out and then refinancing afterwards and pulling that cash out
1: yeah yeah so um so uh Once I once I renovate the house and I put a tenant in the next, well, do uh, you know, I'm skipping a last step here. But once I renovate, meaning I got the right contractor to renovate it, why I support them from remote, meaning I they have issues. They call me. I try to solve them through the phone. Right. And then just now and then, you know, every three weeks or so, I, I would come down there and make sure that things are still on schedule and things are exactly what I, I envisioned it to be, the house itself, after it's been remodeled. But more importantly, I will start marketing the house. And what I mean by that is all I do is trying to streamline the process. And what I mean by that is I will have a for rent sign in the front. I will take pictures when they finish the house, and I, will, um, I use Zillow extensively. I used to put the rent, for rent houses in the local newspaper but what I found out is it cost me so much money to put in the newspaper and the result is pretty much like about five or ten percent. I would put flyers out in the front, I I would put a lock box in the the front of the door, right, and and in the flyer, if people are interested in the house, they would call that number and that number would be a recording message. So that way I don't be bothered with an unnecessary phone call, right? Because I have an eight-hour job just like everybody else, right? And so they, if they interest, interested, they put their uh, message in the phone. I schedule them all at once to look at the house, to show the house all at once at the same time, right? And that's the key. Show them at the same time. The reason for that is because that created uh, – uh, competitive environment right and so they w- will come but more importantly i would give them a combination code to go in the house right and so i don't have to be there when they finish they lock everything up they scramble the lock and then they call me or i call them and i ask for feedback and in the house itself there will be on the table the application mm-hmm. and so if they are interested, they would take the application with them um All the application that they fill out, of course, I collect the $40 application fee. And I always tell every prospective tenant is that that $40 I do not keep. That goes to paying for the background check company, right?
0: Have you ever had any issues with prospective tenants touring the property um, on on the combination and then maybe causing
1: damage to the property? During this? it's always been safe it's always you know i never had anything missing no picture frame no appliances not a single thing missing right Sure. and, um, and
0: for those that uh, you know as you're listening to this uh, you, when you have a property management company that's charging eight to ten percent to manage that property there's also a metric that a lot of people don't think about and that's this thing that he's talking about right now and that's the first Uh, you know, putting a tenant and placing that tenant usually costs between 50 to 100% of that first month's rent from your property management company, which in turn will double your vacancy rate. So if you're at an 8% vacancy rate already and you're calculating in your calculations and that's one month out of every 12 months that you actually are saying, okay, it probably won't be rented. If your property management company charges up one full month's rent to place a tenant, now you essentially have doubled your vacancy rate to 16% in your metrics if you have to rent it out once a year to a new tenant and then the property management company charges you one month rent. Now you're really starting to impact your numbers. So I think you've really devised a way to kind of circumvent that and keep your profits high And keep your workload low by offering this combination uh, procedure. Um, And I've heard of several companies coming out with an app on your cell phone that you can actually access the door with uh, and then change that combination shortly after to where they can't get back in. Um, I don't know if the tenants would be able to download this app or not, but those ideas are definitely coming up in the industry
1: most, most definitely. I think those, uh, yeah, once they make it affordable, right? And so just to reiterate uh, the process I just mentioned, those recording messages that I mentioned, those are all free. So they can go to Google and ask for a phone number, right? And all that does is when they dial that number, you can let it go to a, a, a voicemail.
0: I know I've talked with, you know, Jason Hartman, uh, you know, he manages a lot of his properties himself as well. And he, you know, one of the things he says is that he gets less maintenance requests when people know that you're the owner of the property. When they kind of have a relationship built with you already and they know that when they're calling your phone or they're calling or texting, that they're impacting your life as well, you have to, you actually get tenants that, that are more willing to kind of repair the small stuff themselves or kind of, you know, fix things or do that kind of thing than if they feel like they're just messaging a big corporation and they can just put in maintenance request after maintenance request of just the smallest little things when in reality, a lot of the stuff they can just fix themselves, you know, very easily.
1: Right. Right. No, no, that's a good question, Lennon. Um, so I also develop a, a, a process. Is that anything I told all my tenant before they signed the lease? Anything under fifty dollars, I like them to take care of it, and that's including you know the light bulb, the doorknob, stuff like that. But I told them, listen, ninety-nine percent of the time when you call me, it's going to be above fifty dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so by having implementing that fifty dollars, it helped me a lot of not getting. Uh, a nuisance phone call so that, and that's easier too
0: because those bigger ticket items usually have contractors or you usually have people in your phone already that can handle those big ticket items and right. it's worth their time to actually go out and do that versus like yeah. you said if the if the ac filter needs to be changed or something like this and they do they it, refuse right? to do it yeah it's so, hard but, to get a guy the answer, out there to do that um,
1: answer your question about you know you mentioned that um someone um find out that it's it's they get less phone call if they let the tenant know that they're the owner what i find out is the opposite right and so all my tenant knows is that they're sending a rent to a management company which Mm -hmm. is the company that i own right and so they're sending to that management company and i am just managing the properties right and so the less they know about me being the owner, the better, because that way it's easy for me to take the personal side of it out, mm-hmm. right? Meaning, you know, um, when if they late when on they, the rent, they
0: call you about rent or something like this, yeah, being yeah. late, yeah. So,
1: so all I can say is, listen, I'm property management. I'm sorry that you couldn't pay it on time, right? So I have to charge you a late fee. So there's no. I don't wanna say no personal side of it, but it's easy for me to tell them, right?
0: You you work for the management company that manages the properties and you're their yes. direct point of contact. I see. Yes.
1: So and, and not only that, Lennon, mm-hmm. I created a company that managed properties, right? I see. Right. And so they are dealing with that company, right?
0: I see. Okay. Alright. So the story makes sense. Now do you do you go so far as to as to change the title on the property to where they if they did do a search that it wouldn't come up underneath your name or, or is that not a concern?
1: So yeah, that's gonna be a, a, a long subject, but uh, but to make it short, back then if you buy a property under your name, it's easy to refinance. If you buy a property under an LLC or company name, the lender does not want that. Does not want to loan you or refinance you because the company uh, you are not liable for that company to go out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but luckily today, as more rental and more um, you know flipping occur some bank will allow to you to refinance even when you have it under a company name
0: all right well this concludes the interview thank you so much for coming on the show today and, and talking about this i know uh we've touched over some some down-to-earth topics that that mm-hmm. you're you know you're bound to face so yeah um, i appreciate your time and uh, thanks again for coming on the show
1: yeah lennon just um, invite me back anytime and i i know there's more to discuss right um because the business itself has many faces right but um but i think for the gist of it is they just have to be persistent if they're going to start this business
0: and that concludes episode five of the oklahoma city real estate show if you've got any questions comments concerns want to hear something on the show please email landon at premieragentokc.com again that's l-a-n-d-o-n at premieragentokc.com Wherever you're listening, wherever you are, you have a wonderful day.